Hello, hola, bienvenido. Uh, welcome to the definitive podcast about all things Azure Core Cloud. I'm Bill Libsy, and I am joined by my fabulous co-host, Miss Shelly Way. What's up, Shelly? A lot, Bill. Nice. Fabulous day in the neighborhood. Fabulous day. I heard that you had a, um, a, a great run this weekend. You went for a 5K run. I did go for a nice run with the dogs for the dogs this weekend. And it was it was cold, but uh, it was still a lot of fun. First race of the season. Awesome. It's only going to get better from there. Yeah. Hopefully warmer from here. Although it's blowing. Hopefully. Blowing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my God. And today we are joined by Kevin Lopez. Hey, Kevin. How are you? Hey, hey. What's up? What's up? <laughs> hey. Kevin, he's an amazing person. Uh, we're going to let everybody find that out for themselves. I I was stalking your LinkedIn the other day. You probably got a notification that, of the, the, the Libsy alert that I was looking at. But, man, you've been, in, you've been around networking for just a little while. This has kind of been your career, man. <laughs> There's a lot to yeah, networking. It's been, uh, it's been a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how'd you, uh, how did you get started? I mean, what did... Tell, I'll tell people how you get started. Well, I think I had an idea, but. Okay, I'm going to date myself uh, a little bit. So I started off and was heavy into the telephony side way back when people were starting to talk about how networking and telephony were going to come together and marry and do stuff together. I made a choice to uh, leave a very, very good paying union telephony job and take a pay cut and go into a non-union kind of break fix, but I could learn the networking side of things. So I could, at the time, could learn, you know, token ring and, and, uh, could get oh, yeah. into, yeah. The good the, stuff. Seemed yeah, like exactly. a great idea at the time. <laughs> yeah, the first network I built was token yeah. ring, by the way, <laughs> that netware on token <laughs> ring. <laughs> exactly. Kind of got into it then, and then rode that wave into kind of full voice over IP. And as you know, they kind of integrated both. And then actually, that's where I came to Microsoft was as one of their telephony folks back in 2007. Oh, uh, with the communication yeah. server. I was going to say that'd be OCS time, OCS, you, right? Yeah, you, yep. <laughs> we launched OCS in uh, November of 2007. And then 2014 brought me into full-on Azure networking. Um, I was the first partner sales executive uh, in the networking side. So that was, we only had ExpressRoute and VPN really at the time. Some other little stuff, but but those are, that was the big, the big, big, big push back in 2014 when we launched ExpressRoute. Yep, I remember. <laughs> That's my, I've uh, been around it for a while and in and around and circling my way through just a minute. Kevin, you often talk about, you know, how everybody should be aware of networking and how that enables all this yeah. amazing technology. You're, yeah. you're, you're a big, big pusher. Oh, yeah. yeah. Network well, pusher, you. Yeah. Other <laughs> playing in network. Um, <laughs> Get me. Well, you got me hooked. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Because when you... You know, my, my son was just, he was just telling me that he's at college, he's uh, finishing up his, his college and he was talking with his friends and they were talking about how like just now there's not a ton of infrastructure discussions. So I feel like 
networking was was always there, but I feel like it's it would slowly got pushed to it it just has to work kind of thing. And and it that's true. It's absolutely true. So are you saying that people take it for granted? Yeah. <laughs> it's so foundational, right? I'm glad that it is. The average yeah. person probably doesn't think much about right. it anymore. Yeah. Much less Which know is, anything about it. It's a good sign, you know, if if you think about, you know, it just works, but you also want yeah. people to understand how it works, you know, how it enables what's possible. Right. You have to really just understand that you don't have to be a networking expert to make it work, right? You have to you have to to know your workload, you have to know you know, your requirements for sizing and speed and latency and stuff like that to just to a degree that you can just explain to somebody, hey, this is what I, you know, how I want it to act or react. And then they can help advise and guide and productize and do those things. But if we talk about it, if we have parallel conversations when we're talking about migrations and workloads and things, it leads to much, much better outcomes in the end. Yeah, I was wondering, just pulling on that thread a little bit, like services and workloads or build stuff in the clouds and in the clouds, in the cloud. Uh, how, how much stuff is, when it comes to networking now, is kind of AI or script driven compared to, I'm sure like, I remember when I built my first, I, it was, you know, down to the, block and bite and there's so many complicated things that you had to do much less the physical side of it now it feels like all that physical stuff was like somebody else is doing that (laughs) now right how much you know as an azure network administrator do you now get involved in building the networking foundations and how much is kind of ai driven or more done for you it's right now it's a it's a smaller mixture of both smaller on the side of of I think you still have to, if you size and scope everything up front and put some room in for growth, there are some some good tools in you know Network Watcher and and different components that can you know either alert you or even uh, build things for you. You know if you need another gateway or you need do things, but there's also provisioning things that you know you need to take care of like sizing. Um, you know, of your pipes and, and making sure that you have enough bandwidth or that you're not way oversubscribed. So there's there's still a little bit of detail in it where, you know, some of the stuff can be done. And I think we're seeing starting to see more and more where, you know, if you get it set up and you have things operating at a, at a solid level, um, you have room for growth. But then as some of it starts to build on, you start to increase your your app workload. It can do some of it for you, but it can also alert you to say, hey, you know, you might want to think about getting an extra, you know, express route direct in the location. Or there's like uh, a Clippy that pops up and says, that the witch. Yeah, we need to pull Clippy back. <laughs> hey, what do you, hey, what do you think about another gig of bandwidth? Right. Hey, pal. Boing, boing. Consider DDoS right now. It's a little too late then. Yeah. It looks uh, like you're getting attacked. Flippy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, it's good. It's good. It's, well, especially, I think, with security. You know, with security, you have to be more, and we talk about networking security all the time. You know, you, yeah. you can't have connectivity if you don't have security. 
and you can't have security if you don't address how you're connecting to us. So, so those two things kind of go hand in hand. And I think the security measures are more kind of always looking, always changing, you know, moving in that way. And so I think we're, the rest of us are starting to kind of pull in that direction too, because you have to be agile. You have to be able to, you know, reach your customer's needs to make sure that, um, I mean, we do have a lot of things in the, in the back end that are built in for like failover and things of that nature. So, you know, when you build it, those things happen automatically, right? You don't have to like go in and, and make changes or, you know, typically do things on the, on your own that will all happen with the Azure cloud, with the software that we have built in to ensure uh, resiliency. So Kevin, you mentioned security and also planning from a topology standpoint. What what other other things do customers come to you with? Planning for topology, how that can help them. Security is a big one. What other things do customers ask you? Well, let's let's be real about some of it. What do you wish they asked you? To ask more, <laughs> yeah. right? We want customers and our teams to think about it more, to plan ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, a lot of times when we're getting pulled in, it's because, oh, we started this project and, you know, we didn't talk about this or we did it. And some people confuse on-premises networking uh, with cloud networking and think that, you know, they're exactly the same. And so we would, we would love, love, love. There's a ton of resources out there right? with our cloud adoption framework and and a lot of planning resources and some links that you know we we send the customers with like githubs uh, to kind of practice and do things so we would love more of that but the the things to answer your question that they typically come to us with is around like ensuring that that their connection their security uh those pieces those kind of core fundamental things are in place and then they do want to align similarly to, you know, make sure that their on-premises environment is aligned to their cloud environment. Uh, we want to align topologies like, you know, SD-WAN with VWAN and, and make sure that, that you know, we have sort of uh, hubs built in place and we could use partners, you know, to do the things, you know, you can use Cisco or Fortinet or different components that the on-premises folks are familiar with. And so it's all those kind of conversations, like kind of, you know, how do I make my migration to the cloud with the networking piece be seamless and be fruitful where, you know, we're going to kind of map this out, plan it out, think about topology, connectivity, security, and then, you know, acceleration, performance, and those things, you know, at the end. So that's where it all kind of starts is I think in the matching of topologies and then the building of the connectivity and security. If you wanted to kind of translate your skills, like say you're somebody that has some really good on-prem networking skills, been building data centers, whatever, you know, know everything really and comfortable there, like how do you take that to the cloud and translate that to the cloud? It, it definitely can be can be done. There's a lot of, of courses and, you know, training modules and things that are out there. My, my thing, I'm more of a, of kind of a visual walk me through hands-on kind of a thing. So what, what Same. helps me, yeah, is, is looking <laughs> at the, in cloud architecture um, and yeah, cloud architecture framework in the CAF, there's lots of kind of like 
why you would do something or how it would look. So I think that kind of starts to set the, the bar for you. So I think if you look at that, you see like there's going to be similar things, right? There's going to be similar, you know, okay, I make sure I don't have overlapping IPs. I got to make sure that, you know, I have my, you know, either VWAN hubs or, you know, my hubs in place that can be the core for the things I need to do. I need to make sure that my connectivity. So I think starting with like CAF and WAF, like some of those resources. And then honestly, a lot of our teams, uh, our GBB teams have these amazing labs and things that they share on LinkedIn. So Adam Stewart, Daniel Mauser, Bruce Cosden, like, like, and then, and we have a normal thermality and normal is in Asia and there's just, they, they have a ton of stuff. Once you get one of them, you get all the rest of them because they're like a close, we're, we're like a close knit family globally. That's cool. You know, if you just even look up mine, I'm constantly tagging their stuff. Nahali just created a bunch of labs and, and micro hacks and things that she's doing. And she's kind of working adjacent with our team. So we're starting to spread the love out and kind of get to people. I think those things help people to learn easier and to learn in a more realistic way. You know, and, and but you get you get the visual first, and then I think you can get the aha moments. Then from there, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but not everybody knows what a global black belt is. Uh, <laughs> what? That's true. What that, how would you describe you know what you do? I mean, I I know they're amazing, but uh, you know, how would you describe what a global yeah. black belt does? Yeah, yeah. So our Azure global black belts. Um, they, they come in different flavors, right? So so it's typically like the folks that are working on the new technologies. So there's there's SAP global black belts, there's AVS global black belts, there's HPC. For networking, I think we're one of the, the older teams that have been around that were originally founded with it. And what that means is like, you know, we handle the the newest, most gnarly kind of things that are, are coming at you. They're, they're the best of the best, in my opinion. I'm, of course, I'm jaded, but um, the things that these teams get involved in uh, are, you know, with with global companies and, and matching like for like and building networks and untangling years of, of, hey, we did this this way on premises and now we have to change it. And and so these folks are, are the most brilliant people, I believe, that we have. You know, especially on working, I could speak for sure on the networking side. And and that doesn't diminish anybody else. It means that the other people that are are kind of being built on and built within, you know, they're coming at it the same way. So, you know, these GBBs are, there's six on my team. So there's seven of us. Probably, you know, we're maybe like 20, 21 globally. So it's a small team. Uh, you guys yeah. are probably pretty in demand then the whole team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so they have to they have to scale. They have to, you know, broaden their impact. So they work with, you know, other teams that work with fast track teams. And there's some, you know, they find the brilliant folks over there at Fast Track that know networking, you know, really well. And then they find, you know, folks in cloud architecture engineering and CSAs and you know, so it's 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 kind of this this small team that does these really kind of deep technical pieces um, and that can go, you know, as deep as the product group can and have, I think, I think a little more 
customer savvy and, and customer engagement side to them where, you know, the product folks can talk about their product inside and out. And these folks have to translate that and take that real world, you know, of what a customer is trying to do and make it work. Gnarly problem solvers. That's what I'm taking away from that. <laughs> Solving the big there problems. You go. I also, the I also, gnarls. yes. <laughs> uh, I also love the fact that the global black belts are, you know, looking for different patterns and practices that you incorporate back into what's in the product. You also help create a lot of content that's out there for yeah. customers as well. Yes. Create a lot of content, you know, micro hacks and, and, uh, GitHub labs. We, we recently like, you know, been pulling together sources that we know exist that, you know, they're hard to find sometimes and just kind of making easy buttons for people. Um, so oftentimes it's not that the information isn't there. It's that the information is just, it's hard to find, you know, this team is, is able to kind of bring that together. And as you say, I think one of the things that often gets overlooked, but they're also a big source of feeding back to the product team, hey, this isn't working, uh, or this isn't working the way that it should, or, hey, this is great, more of that. And and really kind of, you know, being the, the source of troubles from customers. So, you know, they, they sit their couch out and tell the customer, sit down and tell us what is bothering you about our networking. You know, get that, you know, hey, this stinks or, you know, you could do this better. And and then we were able to provide that back to, you know, to the product group. And again, we share that with Fast Track. We share with, you know, CAE and other uh, the support folks as well. Um, so oftentimes we'll even engage with support. So support will find the problem. And then they need a GBV to come in and help them to re-architect so that they can avoid the problem. Avoid the big gnarly problems. Yeah. Before yeah. it can happen. Right. <laughs> that would be the ideal situation. Yes. So you not only work with the product teams, with support, with customers, the Microsoft field, it's a, it's a broad range. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, we work with everybody. Initially, when we first started... We were heavy with the the express route partners, so helping to build their ecosystem. So our teams, you know, we have experience in working with partners to, you know, help them to build, you know, the thing. We just did a partner boot camp at the end of February. But but again, it, when it comes to scale, right, where the best work that we can do is like, you know, a partner says, hey, you know, I want to do X, Y, Z. And, and I have, you know, 10 folks that could, you know, really benefit. We could give them, you know, here's some labs, here's some things to do. Here's how you can architect it out. And then we listen to what they see as well. You know, if they say, hey, this is working really well, you know, I want to be able to sell this, then we can kind of give some advice. And there's other teams. There's the GPS team that works with partners a little, little more hands-on uh, than we do. But um, yeah, we, we reach everybody. We don't have enough acronyms here, but uh, GPS, Global Partner Solutions. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Throw in the comments all the uh, acronyms that we threw out that you don't understand. So, yeah. They're all one of them. We want to hear from you. Yeah. <laughs> Microsoft, you and your acronyms. Yeah. There are a lot. For sure. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, earlier on, you talked to, started talking about your son who's in college. 
uh, and conversation he was having. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So, and I've just noticed the same, you know, my, uh, my daughter took a CS class, a computer science class. So you got the whole family involved in networking. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> but none of them are, there's nothing around infrastructure. Not yet, it's anyways. All coding and okay. and app and stuff and um, and that's what his friends were saying. And, and my son is not. Neither of neither of my kids are very much into like infrastructure or anything either. But I don't know why. Yeah, Kevin, you do say that everyone is responsible for networking. I've heard you say that. Okay. So really, they're not directly involved, but maybe indirectly oh, they are. Oh, no, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and we just talked about like how a lot of the classes are just geared more toward, you know, coding, and mm -hmm. they really just don't, you know, it's like don't pay attention to the Gabby and the curtain. Yeah. I, I wonder like how much of that, I feel like we're in such an acceleration of that. I've, I was watching uh, a YouTube video or something the other day, and they were talking about human knowledge and curiosity, and they gave the cell phone as an example. Yeah. And they're like, hey, the vast, if this is something that's ubiquitous, everybody has one. They're giving them out to kids when they're born now, right? It's like, mm -hmm. Congratulations, mom and dad, and here's, here's <laughs> your kid's cell phone. <laughs> but the most people have no idea how a cell phone works. You can't really right, take it right. apart. I mean, when I was a kid, I took radios apart. My dad got so upset with me. I mean, I, right. it didn't matter. Yeah. I took the Atari apart, the Commodore 64, my dad's stereo. <laughs> and, you know, I had to know how all this stuff worked. Right. Did you get any of them put back together? Like 25% of it I, can, oh, I could okay. put back together and it, and it worked again. <laughs> a lot of it got put back together and it never quite worked the same. Oh. Oops. But yeah. Why don't I have bass on my stereo anymore? But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like it's like we're like in this vacuum sealed world, though, right? It's like every, a lot of so much stuff in these kind of black boxes. It's like you don't really know how it works, and and maybe a lot of people don't even care how stuff works. And I feel like with the acceleration of AI, chat, yeah. like, is that going to be even less and less? Like we really don't yeah. care how how the underlying you could, I, I think, I think you can, you can get there at some point, right? Yeah. However, you know, to your analogy of like everybody getting a cell phone, if you can't make that connect, you just, you just got a, you know, colorful electrical unit that doesn't do a whole lot <laughs> for you, right? Did you try to toggle airplane mode? <laughs> exactly. And and the same goes for for a lot of these things, and that you know when when folks want to do you know migration and they they're starting to think about that, and oftentimes we hear, you know, yeah, we we asked you know uh, to talk about networking, and they said we'll have to get the networking team. Yeah, and people just kind of forget, mm -hmm. and the migration moves on, and so you know what we're saying is just like oh you know so at that point, pause it have a parallel conversation set up, share the information in cloud architecture framework, you know, share some resources where those networking folks, cause they're, they're interested, believe me, they want to know what the business is doing and how they can, you know, how they're going to connect and, and how they're going to, you know, set things up. 
but oftentimes they don't get pulled in until it's like, oh, you know, I've added all this stuff and and now it's not working. Well, yeah. And then you might have a gnarly mess. You got a gnarly mess. And then you call in the GBBs with the caps right. and the laughs. <laughs> there you go. We bring it all. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I, I think there. It, it, the thing is too is is a lot of people rightfully have gotten scared because networking, I think, in, to some degree, have made itself scary maybe early on. And and the thing about to to go back and to, to touch back onto, you know, what is AI or what are some of these things doing for you? You know, the interface in Azure is makes it easier to kind of build what you need to do, right? You don't have to. Sometimes, if if the the connectivity on premises is set and your networking team does the things that they need to do, you could learn how to build some of the pieces in Azure that you need without having to get too deep into, you know, route tables and, and NATs and different things that, that, you know, are gonna, gonna scare you. So we kind of feel like if we could just talk to people and tell them like, here's what you should know based off of, you know, where you're at sort of in your, you know, growth pattern and what your, your work is around, like if you're dealing with apps and things, right? Here's the questions you want to ask. So it's not always just about like, you got to be this networking geek and guru and be around it for so long. It's just like, here's the questions to ask your networking team. Here's the information you bring to them and they're going to be really happy with you. You know, if you tell them, Hey, my workload, this is the amount that I'm going to need. I need to be, you know, three milliseconds close. I need to have these different things. They're going to love you for that. I'm going to say, cool, you just made my job and much easier. Yeah. And we want more love for the networking geeks. We do. We do. Yeah. We do. They deserve to be loved. <laughs> they do. Yes. <laughs> we deserve love too. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Kevin, what are your, some of your favorite analogies when you try to describe networking? Oh, the all time. And I'm, I did not think of this one. This was Sunil Kishan uh, once said, if you don't talk about networking, your solution is not working. That's one of our, our favorites. We we like to recently I've adopted so Judson, you know, our, our president uh in sales side here at Microsoft talks about rooms in the house. Yeah. And for years they would our teams would always say networking attach, security attach, attach security, attach networking. Right. Add this on. Yeah, I was talking with someone and we both kind of... I can already see where this gnarly conversation (laughs) is going to go. You don't attach it. And I'm like, you don't. Agreed. So let's agree to not use attach like ever again. Because if you think about a room in the house, you don't buy a house that has a sand, you know, has sand for foundation or doesn't have electrical or doesn't have plumbing and go, oh, let's attach it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's hard to add plumbing in afterwards. Yeah, it's the core yeah. of everything. So yeah. when you when you're putting in your house, you're building your house, you want to make sure that that's, that foundation is stable, that it's solid. You want to you know rough in your plumbing pipes, even in the rooms that you're not in yet. Yeah, you got to rough in the electrical. You got to make sure that things you know can get there when they need to. Right. 
And so that's how we think of networking is, is really like, you know, if you're going to build and sell to rooms in the house and you're going to create these rooms, you want to make sure that your foundation is set, that your electrical is ready, that your plumbing is there when you need it. That's a good analogy. Construction. Yeah. I thought maybe you're going to use the information highway or uh, the, you know, the local roads and connected to the freeways and the highways. And then you've got the ships, container ships, all that good stuff. I just used to use the highways. Yeah. Then I moved out to California and in <laughs> Southern California, <laughs> you see that no matter how many lanes they add, it's yeah. still traffic. So I like the house much better. The house is good. The house yeah. is a good analogy. Uh, when Judson tunes in too. Hi, Judson. And he often He's, does. As he often does. Along with Satya. Yep. <laughs> well, we've already established that. Yeah, that's exactly. And Clippy. Let's not forget Clippy. Clippy's a big fan. Clippy tunes in. Yeah. <laughs> just, sometimes he says, if you thought about listening to another podcast, but he does. <laughs> that, little, that little shit's full of all kinds of advice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we're, hey, we're probably getting towards the end of our time, but uh, what, what do you, everybody always wants to know all this AI stuff that's happening. I'm sure that's going to be an impact. What, what do you see, Kevin, how the next, you put, putting the whole crystal ball in front of you. What do you think's happening, changing just over the next couple of years? I know that they say that Skynet will be fully in place by 2030 now. What's happening, you know, in the kind of a near term 2023-2025 time frame that's going to be interesting you know what i've seen like chat gpt and stuff used for really well and, and it does a pretty good job of explaining to people some of the core concepts so i would say like immediate you know if you want to understand our premises versus cloud if you want to understand you know, express route, if you want to understand express route direct, if you want to, you know, things like that can be of immediate sort of educational um, use to it. We can always verify and validate anything. I think going forward, what I see coming is, is that AI helping us to better understand, you know, where we need more you know, either bandwidth, where we, we need more routers or where choke points are, where things are, things that we don't always envision. Yeah. And some of the tools that we have in place right now don't always call out. So I could see some of that. I could see it making it easier to build some of these things. So even more so, like if you can better understand your workload and your, you know, what you need to do and some of the requirements to it, I could see, you know, a, a tool being used that, you know, helps kind of just walk you through doing that and then kind of goes on the back end, you know, potentially uh, builds that out for you and then can explain to you, well, here's what, what happened, you know, here's why it works and, and give you like some logic uh, behind it. Yeah, um, I like, I like that idea. Yeah. I like the idea of it catching my mistakes before I make them. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Kevin, where would you ask customers to start right now? You've got a lot of great resources out there. Uh, if somebody's got questions, how do they engage? Where do you have it? Where do you point them sure. to start? Sure. Two places. Um, 
uh, well, three places, cloud adoption framework, well-architected framework, and in those two places, you'll, you'll get sort of Microsoft's concepts around uh, connecting and, you know, securing and, and building, you know, engaging your on-premises to, to the Microsoft network. Um, and that's a, that's a common misconception. A lot of people think, oh, I want to connect to Azure. You're actually connecting to Microsoft's backbone, to our network. There's options in there to let Microsoft's backbone, which is the second largest, you know, network in the world, to run a lot of your things for you. Right? You could run on our backbone. You don't necessarily need to to have circuits going everywhere. Um, so CAF and WAF will help get you started on our concepts of, of how to do that. Now, where that jump off point kind of is, is when you start to, you know, when it asks you questions and there might not be an answer right there, um, then check us out on LinkedIn. You know, we have um, Azure Networking on LinkedIn. Uh, a lot of our team posts, you know, content and things out there. Um, you can go to my LinkedIn page and see, you know, the different folks that are that are on there and they post GitHubs and things all the time. So the more, if you want to learn more, we can help you with that. We can help you guide, guide you to other resources. Um, but I think those are like the the two or three best places to to kind of get started. Oh, that's fantastic. This was fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, it was fantastic. You know, I agree. I think every podcast needs a good foundational episode, and networking being huge foundation for <laughs> oh, all yeah. things Azure made the perfect uh, made the perfect foundation. Oh, thank you. I mean, if you can't tell, yeah, I, I love it. So I, it's a passion and a perspective. And and that's something that I heard of, uh, a uh, clip recently of uh, Rick Rubin, you know, the famous producer. And, and they were asking him, you know, did you know music? Did you know, like, the machines? Did you know how to do producing? He said, no. And, you know, it was a surprise, like, what? You know, yeah. you didn't know that? And he said, no, but I learned. You know, I learned how to do these things because I was passionate about passionate about that, and I wanted to bring my perspective to it. And um, so, passion and perspective are are big things. You know, you'll find that if and when you interact with any of our team, you know, our GBB teams, that's that's a one thing. The global black belts they are passionate, and they bring their perspective. Key squared passion and perspective. Yeah. I think you got a good t-shirt right there. Passion and perspective. P-squared. There you go. And we get it going. Yeah, but thanks for having me. I, I appreciate it. And I always love talking. Absolutely. Thank you, Kevin. This was great. You yep. get the word out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody needs to understand networking. Yeah. Great. Thanks a lot, Kevin. So glad you were here. Thank you. Appreciate you all for having me.